Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below and let's get straight into it. Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. It's the football review show. A little bit later than usual here on Tuesday rather than Monday, but I'm delighted to be joined here by Matthew Hurley from the GA Statsman podcast here to review all the weekend's action, discuss all the big talking points. There were plenty of games, obviously, were postponed due to the weather and everything else, and obviously plenty of stormy conditions as uh, we're very well seeing throughout the majority of these uh, games that were taking place. But uh, first of all, Matthew, how's things with yourself? How are you keeping? You're enjoying all the, the football action anyways. And um, even if, I suppose, similar to myself as a Dublin fan, not enjoying the, the wins at the minute. Not at all. And uh, thanks for having me on again, Aaron. Uh, can't you mention that about uh, Cork there? And uh, maybe it's something to get off your chest being a Dublin fan. It's a bit rough at the moment. It's a bit rough for both of us. But um, yeah, at, le- at least uh, two of our games were on during the week. I was um, going up Derry. Most of my followers know that. Got up at about four o'clock in the morning. So thank God, actually, the game went to hit because I was just seeing uh, my Twitter feed Galway game going off. I think Ross Common, there was a chance it'll go off for Mana went off on Saturday night. So there was a big chance that it could go off. But um, in fairness to the people of Derry, they have a very good venue there in Owen Big. So the game was always going to go ahead despite the conditions. But um, enjoyed the game, said war on at least. And um, Looking forward to more the next few weeks. We're getting to crunch time now in the Alliance Leagues, so it should be very interesting. Yeah, we're seeing the promotion and, and relegation places really starting to open up and it's certainly becoming more and more clear throughout the at least Division 1 and 2. Obviously, still plenty of games in 3 and 4 with some of the postponements there. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, promotion and, and relegation places opening up. And I suppose we'll start with uh, Tyrone and Kildare. I mean, this was probably the most enjoyable game for myself. Anyway, maybe Mayo fans might say different. But in, in terms of this game, like I felt like it was maybe not a spectacle in terms of point scoring or goals and but in terms of it, it was an end-to-end game. It had a real championship feel going into the final five to ten minutes. You really felt like both sides were really, really going for it. It felt like there was a lot on the line. And this is how it should be as well, Like especially with the potential of either one of these two dropping down to Division 2. Obviously, still a lot of games to be played. But whoever had have lost this game, which obviously is Kildare, you know, they're, they're most likely going to be in a relegation battle now. That's fairly certain. But what were your thoughts on, on this victory for Toronto? Yeah, I looked at the score at half-time, travelling um, down to my hotel in the car, and um, kind of surprised at the score, and actually Kildare going ahead, maybe there was a win there, but Tyrone did very well to get the two goals, and uh, it feared us to Kildare, like, they didn't lie down either, like, most people think at, at that situation, Kildare would just lie down, take a big beating, but in fairness to them, they got back in the game, and who knows if Danny Flynn went for goal, really, in the last minutes, Tyrone could be staring down the barrel of relegation there, so it ebbs and flows that way. But fair play to Tyrone. They grounded out the victory. And, and let's not forget they were missing the four lads, uh, the four naughty boys, let's say, from the, that incident <laughs> against Armagh. But um, yeah, considering that and considering they were behind at halftime, it was a good win for Tyrone and they'll move into the Allianz League. And it was always going to be the case, really, for um, the All-Ireland Champions. You look at... Over the last few weeks, they lost to Cavan quite heavily in the McKenna Cup. 
they got two points over the first two league games. So it was always going to be that way. They were always going to bid into the league, and they've done that eventually, though. And it's all about surviving for Kildare. I don't think it's the end of the world either. Like they're they're losing games, but they aren't particularly getting hammered. Like against Donegal, they were in the game. Throne, they were in the game, and Kerry, arguably, they were the better team in Newbridge as well. So um, they've Dublin next. I I know it pains me to say this uh, on your behalf, Aaron, but Kildare will fancy their chances there against Dublin. It's going to be a full house, I believe. So should be a tasty encounter for this game. Yeah, good win for Tyrone. But Kildare, not the end of the world by any means. Yeah, and the first time Dublin are playing Kildare in Newbridge since 1995, apparently. So that will definitely be um, one hell of a spectacle, no doubt about it. X1 says there, Tyrone made a, a great comeback in the second half. And yeah, I suppose that was the most impressive thing from a Tyrone point of view, wasn't it? I mean, they were four points down at, at, in the first half. It, it, again, it was just looking like a very laboured performance. They weren't particularly in the game, but in the second half, it, like they really did come out and start to show like the throne of last year. In many ways, they started to play not to their absolute best. Like they only kicked three points in the second half, but obviously got got themselves two goals, um, and certainly did come more and more alive. Like in the in the second half, and when you have the likes of your Dara Canavan, who was causing all sorts of problems, Darren McCurry starting to come back into his all-star form. So definitely a, a big positive for Tyrone, given the players that they had missing and given some of the players they introduced into the team as well. I thought they were very impressive in the second half. Yeah, I suppose that's a good incentive to have for championship as well. But as I said already, it's about getting getting the win here, getting the two points in these league games. I don't think Tyrone fans would be bothered if they don't win the league. They just want to survive and just head on into the championship. Because let's not forget, their championship run as it stands for Manham might not be performing particularly well, but they have Derry in the next game. And look at Derry this weekend. They look ready for road against Tyrone. Monaghan look at decent side as well. So they'll be geared towards that in the championship. I don't think they'll be that bothered about the league, to be honest. They'll let Kerry or Mayo try and win that Armagh and they'll do their business in the championship. It was kind of the same last year where they got hammered by Kerry and they just grew into the championship then. They have the players as well, as you say, rightly, Dara Canavan, Darren McCurry, Kieran McGeary, of course, was suspended. He's to come back into the team. So they do have the players there. They do have the players to threaten. And they have the luxury to, you know, rotate the squad a bit and, you know, concentrate the Ulster Championship. But that would be the main aim for Tyrone, in my opinion, anyway. And in, in most people's opinions, especially Tyrone fans, like, the league isn't that important. The championship is. And Tyrone would be ready for rotating that. Even if they go into the qualifiers we've seen over previous years, Tyrone will excel there. So the All-Ireland is the main aim to get two in a row for Tyrone to not to do something that the, the 08 team or the 05 team didn't do. And that would be historic in, in, in its own right. But um, yeah, as I said, they, they won't care too much about the league. They'll go into the All-Ireland. It's all about survival. And I think with three points right now, they should get about maybe two more wins out of the next four games. Get that, I think they've survived. And that'll be mission accomplished for the league for Tyrone. But the championship, they'll be ready for war, in my opinion. Yeah, do you think they're going under the radar a little bit? Because I do think a lot of people are forgetting they are the All-Ireland champions. And I think everyone is just looking at Kerry and, and Mayo maybe as the two front runners. And some people are obviously still mentioning Dublin in the in the conversation. And even seeing the interview, I think, um, on RT, I think it might have been Marty Morrissey after the Mayo game. And he was asking Robbie Henley in terms of, you know, uh, he he was telling them like you'll still have to worry about the likes of your Dublins, your your Kerrys, but he didn't mention Tyrone, and I think a lot of people 
took a, a lot of offense to that. It seems like a lot of people don't really seem to be considering Tyrone as as, as all Ireland contenders, which I find strange to be honest. I do know they have a, have a couple of players who've opted out, like Mark Bradley and Tierney McCann, but they weren't regular starters, anyways. And we've seen with Tyrone last year, they got absolutely trashed by Kerry in the final game in the league, regrouped and went all the way to win the All Ireland. So where where would you see them in terms of the All Ireland big picture at the minute? I've said this all along. I think the main Achilles heel for Tyrone would be the run they have in Ulster. Like the likes of Derry, the likes of Manon. When you compare that to Kerry, they have an easy run in Munster and they can rotate and, you know, try out new players and they'll be all ready for road for quarterfinals, semifinals. But I suppose on the other hand, then Kerry won't have the competitive nature of their games going into the last day. Tyrone definitely will. When you look, even before the Ulster final, look at the teams there. So, I suppose there's arguments for both sides of the fence, but um, there's an argument Mayo could do very well. I think Mayo will do very well this year in the All-Ireland. Like, if they beat Galway in the first round, which is no gimme either, Galway looked to be performing well enough. Like In the next game, I, I'm not sure who they have, the Sligo or someone like that in the semi-finals. That should be an easy win there into the kind of final. So I suppose in that regard, I think Mayo probably have the most ideal journey to the final um, if they get that far, the other end, of course, Tyrone have it too hard, Kerry have it too easy. Leinster, I, I don't know, Dublin, they, they don't look the same trait they were over the last few years. So I think it'll probably be the three of them, Tyrone, Mayo, Kerry. And don't write off our mouth either. I know some people are saying it could be a Ross Common um, sport of form in Division 1 they had a few years ago. But they have some very good players in the team. We'll get on to them at the minute, obviously. But I think it'll probably be. Throne, Armagh, Mayo, Kerry in no particular order would probably be the top four. There's a few teams close. Donegal, if they get a rack together, but I think they'd be probably the four front runners from what we've seen so far and what our most our opinions think at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And we are recording this live, so feel free for anyone who is watching live to get your uh, your comments in. The next one says there as well. They're the second best team in the country and most definitely deserve the respect and yeah absolutely they're definitely in the um the conversation there's, there's no doubt about that as for Kildare I mean you know some very impressive performances in their opening three games I mean will they look back at this with a bit of regret though given the fact that you know Tyrone did have four players who were out missing and it's clear that Tyrone although they did play well in the second half do still have another level to go up on and I think we're all expecting them to get to that level at some point there was an opportunity here for Kildare and they did miss goal chances like Dara Kirwan had one chance which was saved by Noel Morgan, went over the bar. Daniel Flynn with that late goal chance as well. So, like, do you think they'll look back at this with a bit of regret? Because I feel like if, if they were to get relegated, and look, there's still four games to go, you know, you'd still fancy them to pick a couple of points out on the board. But if they were to go down, I feel like they will look back at this game as maybe that was one of the games that got away from them. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned the Daniel Flynn points, any lore, and that's in the back of the net. And Tyrone could be staring down the barrel of relegation, and that would be unbelievable in its own way. But yeah, you're right, Kildare. They will definitely regret this, but it's all about regrouping now. Like the next week, they'll definitely target Dublin, a full crowd at Newbridge. They'll want to beat Dublin. Like after so many years of Dublin hammering them in Leinster, hammering them in league games that they had, of course. This is a big opportunity for Kildare to right the wrongs, really. And I suppose in the last few games, I think they have uh, Mayo, Mayo of no home games. I'm not sure where they have them, but that yeah, I know Mayo are performing well at the moment, but that could be a potential banana skin for Mayo um, playing against Kildare. 
I suppose they have Armagh as well and Mon- Armagh and Monaghan as well. So, like, it's realistic Kildare could stay up. Like, usually I, I've heard this from, I think, in Fitzmaurice on commentary last Saturday night. The aim for a team is to get the six points. Kildare are one at the moment. Potentially with Monaghan, Armagh and Dublin, you possibly could see three wins if they perform to their absolute best. That'll get them to seven points. Maybe it is a possibility, like... The only team to go down with six points, I believe, in the last few years with Cork in 2016. So it is the aim to get to six points or even seven just to have a safety net. And also as well, the scoring difference. That'll be a huge um, turning point in this. They didn't get beaten by um, by that much against Donegal. They only got beaten by a point against Tyrone and they had a zero goal difference uh, against Kerry. So, you know, the points difference isn't that bad compared to other sides. Like, I'm sure Dublin is worse. So I haven't checked the league table in detail yet, but I think Dublin is worse. So that's definitely a positive that Kildare could build on. But then again, it would be good in other years, but Division 1 this year is so tight. It's usually one or two points either way, and it will be difficult that way. But the points differential and the games they have left, I give Kildare a chance. But for this game, it is a game that they... It, it did slip away, let's be honest. Like, even the Mark Donlan effort towards the end, you probably, um, you bank him to put it over the bar. You look at him getting so many 45s in the past, or even Daniel Flynn, if he just puts that shot lower, or Derek here on either side of the goal rather than straight at Niall Morgan, we could be looking at a different D table. But for now, yeah, Kildare, they live in hope. But I'd be optimistic if I was a Kildare fan. Like, if you get to seven points... That's mission accomplished. I think you'll survive with that. So, look, there's reasons to be optimistic, but a lot of regret to look back on too. Yeah, like I don't think many people really gave them a chance in in Division One, including myself. Like it's such a competitive division; it's so hard to pick up any points anywhere. And we'll see. Like it will be very tough for them. But what do you reckon? Do they turn over Dublin next weekend in uh, in Newbridge? Jeez, I, I don't want to upset you, no, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I, it's, I, it's okay. The damage has been done already, so. <laughs> oh, um, the obvious answer, look at your old social media, would be yes. I think I think they'd probably beat Dublin, but I don't know. I just, surely with these, some Dublin players are still there. Like Davy Bourne's still there. Evan Comerford was in and around the panel. So they know what, it, what it's like to win. So it's all about getting that winning mentality back. I think Dublin will turn it around. They have to. Like, if if they don't turn around in this game, no matter how hostile the atmosphere is in Newbridge, don't turn around in this game. There's no going back for the next two, three years for this Dublin team. And um, I genuinely mean that. Like, if you end up with zero points after four games, that is crisis mode. I, I have mm. to say, no. Like, there is an argument in the first three games you face the best three teams in the league in Armagh, Kerry and Mayo. If you don't win this game against Kildare, or even or even if you draw it, like, that is crisis mode for Dublin. And, um, yeah, it could be a rough year for Dublin. And we could see Division 2 games in Crow Park. And it'd be probably better for Cork to stay in Division 2. So we'll have a Saturday night in, under lights in uh, headquarters. Yeah, I can just imagine all the uh, the Division 2 teams now regressing themselves just a, a little bit so they, they, they get a day out in, uh, in Crow Park and, and maybe surely then all of a sudden there'll be a, a bit of attention on Division 2 from some of the, the big uh, TV companies. But um, yeah, like what you said there, like it's a, it's a tough one going away to, to Kildare. Um, 
And I, I do think maybe a good thing from a Dublin point of view is that the game isn't on Saturday night and is actually going to be played early on Sunday because maybe with it being at night time, maybe the atmosphere would have been a lot um, better for, for, for the Kildare fans. But moving on, I suppose Kerry, they, they got a comfortable enough win uh, against Donegal, one thirteen to seven points. And as you were saying there, like there's definitely a case being made at the minute that's probably, it's looking like Kerry, Mayo and Armagh are probably going to be the, the front runners for, for the league. And this was very, very comfortable from Kerry, like ne- a result that never looked in doubt. David Clifford didn't even start, came off the bench. And, you know, it's a sign of uh, of things are, are working out when when he got the goal that he did because he, he never went for the goal in, in any way whatsoever. But it just so happened to, to, to cripple into the net. So huge win for the kingdom. Big win, yeah. And I suppose the only thing that we weren't sure about was the game going ahead. I seen on Kerry franchise the weather there at Killarney was absolutely dreadful. Like um, like he said, he would allow a car person in that kind of weather. Like um, yeah, it was it was that bad. Like and uh, the conditions there, the goal just emphasised that. Like it was an absolute fluke. Like him, um, some people were saying, "Oh, Clifford, what a goal!" On my story, I was saying, "Oh, I have to watch this in league Sunday." And it turned out. Sean Patton just let it slip through his hands mm. because of the weather. Like, you know, it was that kind of a game, but it was going to be comfortable for Kerry. I couldn't really see Donegal going down to Kerry all that way in that same kind of conditions in Killarney to go out and win the game. But again, for Donegal, it's not the end of the world. Kerry were one of the best teams in the country. They had Michael Murphy missing for that game. So it's all about getting him back into the team now. So yeah, it's, it's a comfortable win for Kerry. But then again, are they being tested before all Ireland's? They definitely won't get tested in Munster, let, let's be honest. So are they getting tested before the quarterfinals? In this league campaign, I think the only team to really test them was Kildare in Newbridge, but that was because maybe the Kildare players got, you know, the bounce from the fans um, in Newbridge that day. So there is an argument Kerry aren't getting tested enough in the league in Munster. And will that affect their all Ireland performance? It has been previous years. This has been detrimental for Kerry's progression. But um, in this game, they didn't get the test they needed. It was a simple enough victory. But it wouldn't be the end of the world for Donegal either. It's a game like Tyrone, staying up in Division 1. That's the main name. Donegal hardly care about leagues, to be honest. They care more about Ulster Championships or getting to the other the semi-final. Like Donegal have been in the semi-final since 2014. That's hard to believe in its own right. So they'll be aiming to get back to there. But as for Kerry... Easy enough victory for them, and uh, they'll move on and try and win the league, Monster Championship. And but the main thing is winning that Sam Maguire Cup. They haven't won in the eight years. It's a famine in Kerry. They'll be they'll be going for that this year, and uh, they'd want to get tests from um, here until the end of the league because it's absolutely crucial for this Kerry team's development. Yeah, and there's a show as well, like Kerry's strength and in depth as well, because even like David Clifford was named in the in the starting fifteen originally. And then um, obviously what didn't start was a late change. But even when you were watching the first half, it didn't really look like you were missing. Like if you were a Kerry sport, you weren't missing Dave and Clifford in, in any way. Like they were still, they still had their forwards there. They were still kicking points in, in the likes of Paul Ganey and um, some, you know, Killian Spillane. So, I mean, it do, like it, that probably shows the the options that they have in attack really. Like that even with David Clifford not starting, they were still able to comfortably dispatch a Donegal side that, is probably what third, fourth, maybe even second best team in, in Ulster at the minute. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Like, um, it gets Cork even going back to the Munster final. Clifford was marked out of the game by Sean Meehan, but they still scored 422 
I know Cork are dreadful at the moment, but that's still some scoring. With with Clifford only scored one point and it happened to be from a free. And even he didn't play against Cork at the Braga Cup either. And Kerry just looked so comfortable. And again against Donegal, they look comfortable. It's the talent Kerry have all over the team. I, I said this before and I'll say it again. Paul Gain is one of the most underrated uh, players in the country for years now, not just at the start of his career, the end of his career. He's been underrated since about 2014. He's one of the best forwards in the country and he's scoring lows for a reason. Sean O'Shea is an unbelievable player. Stephen O'Brien, when he's on form. Michal Burns is another player who I think, if he lights his fire, he'll be a very good player as well. You didn't mention Tony Brosnan either. Very good player. Mm. Paul O'Shea. Paul Walsh, even I've seen him for UL over the last weeks, to go to admit Ronaldinho, some player as well. So they do have an abundance of talent, Kerry. They seem to you know, improve defensively. Well, there's still some questions defence, but Dan O'Donoghue did play well um, on Sunday against Duddy Gall as well. So maybe that's another option to have. Steph Lecumber, if he comes back from injury. So the signs are very good for Kerry in getting that Sam McGuire Cup. And I have the feeling, though, if Kerry don't win it, win it this year, this will be a huge opportunity missed. Like with Dublin being down the doldrums, Mayo, we don't know when Mayo are going to win the All-Irelands. Tyrone have a hard run in Ulster. So the, sign, the doors are open for Kerry to win this Sam McGuire Cup. The question is, can they execute it? But the players they have, the answer is yes. With the games they have leading up to a quarterfinal or semi-final, that's a question for another day. It hasn't it hasn't come to fruition over the years. They'll be hoping to get that Sam McGuire this year. Yeah, like and I do think the evidence is there of almost of, of Paddy Talley being in the in the background. Like you're seeing Kerry being able to shut up shop a lot more as well and being a lot more defensively organized. I suppose from a Donegal point of view, like it's it's almost like Dublin 2.0 when you're watching them play at times. It's just Hand passing it from side to side, no real variation in their play. Again, never really look like coming back into the game. And like, yeah, okay, fair enough. They they have three points on the board. The main thing for them will be to to survive. Obviously, in in the national league, still have Michael Murphy maybe to come back at some point. Obviously, he's having his uh, his injury problems at the minute. But generally speaking, for Donegal, like, what 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 did you make of them? I mean, for myself, like, I, they just didn't really look that great at all. And it's it's hard to really know with them because. We've seen them put in, put in these type of performances in the league, but I don't know. Like I would worry that there isn't enough variation in their play, or there isn't enough. Like they don't really kick directly, and that's why, as a Dublin fan, they're probably one of the teams I'm most confident will actually beat in Crow Park because I think Donegal play a very similar brand of style, and I think it will probably suit Dublin. It probably will, yeah. And even they were mentioning League Sunday, they when they had to go for the game, when they were nine two down at half time. They were still playing defensive tactics. They were just happy to keep the score down as low as possible. And that kind of emphasizes the point that Donegal just want to stay in the division. They don't want to win the league and they'll try for Ulster. But they've done that over the last few years and they still haven't got to the last four since 2014. So there's clearly a problem there. They have the players, no doubt about it. Michael Langan's a superb player. Paddy McBriarty, Jimmy Brennan when he's on form, Michael Murphy. The question is with Donegal, do they have us? when the latter end of the year comes around. They haven't in previous years. They've, you know, they messed up against Cavan. They messed it up against uh, Tyrone last year. And they don't seem to do well in the league. So uh, there's a question with Donegal. It's one or the other. Do you want to win the league or do you want to win the championship? They've been aiming for the championship over the last few years and they've fed flat in their face every single year since, since about 2015. So... That's a question Donegal needs to answer quick and fast. And uh, 
did he like I do think Declan Bonner this is his last year anyway. Like I thought he'd go out honestly last year. He stuck it out this year and like I don't see with Tyrone, Armand Monaghan, even Derry performing levels above Donegal at this particular moment of time. I don't see Donegal winning Ulster. That will probably be the end for Declan Bonner. Probably be the end for Declan Bonner if they don't get to a semi-final or a final or final this season. But the question is, who's out there for Donegal? Maybe Jim McGuinness, would he come back into the fold for Donegal? If he would, I think Donegal fans would be over the moon with that. But uh, for now, I don't think they'll chance for North Ireland. Um, they won't win an Ulster title. And uh, it, it'll be similar to previous years for Donegal. But they do have the players. It's just about playing the right way for Donegal. Playing a bit like Kerry, a bit like Tyrone. Don't be shy and just kick the ball long rather just hand-passing it around. We talked about Dublin and Cork before we came on air as well. They keep hand-passing the ball back. There's no variation. It's too predictable. Donegal are nearly the same. Maybe it was just this game, but it's been happening over the last few years as well when they were under the cosh. So I suppose Declan Bonner, it's his last year he wants to impress. I don't think he will this year personally. Yeah, 99 Aguero says there, as a Monaghan fan, I've no shame in saying Kerry will smash us in Enniskillen, I think, there on Sunday. Jack can't carry us on his own. We say that he couldn't against Tyrone. I think uh, I think he's referring to Jack McCarron there. So, yeah, we'll definitely get on to, to Monaghan a little bit later. But I suppose Dublin and Mayo, we were touching on Dublin a little bit earlier. And I suppose for Mayo, like another huge result in, in Crow Park against the Dubs. I mean, this was a place that would have haunted Mayo fans for quite a long time, coming to Crow Park, playing Dublin. And now, you know, that was as comfortable probably as they've ever been really against um, against Dublin. You know, that game could have went on for an extra half an hour, 40 minutes. And, you know, we, we could still be playing there now. And I'm pretty sure Mayo would probably still have a five to six point lead if, if that was the case. So... Very comfortable result, and I suppose all the con- congratulations and praise has to go to the Mayo men once again. Yeah, it definitely does, and there's a real bit of optimism in Mayo at the moment, and even Will Killing O'Connor, without Tommy Conroy, let's not forget, they still beat Dublin quite convincingly as well. That's kind of a worrying thing for Dublin's point of view, but um, I don't think the credits um, Mayo got, I don't think they got the credit they deserved on Saturday night. They mainly looked at how Dublin have regressed over the last few years, but let's not forget, Aiden Armour was superb. Jack Carney coming into the team after his uh, All-Ireland with Kilmeda, superb as well. Dermot O'Connor, I can't believe he didn't get man of the match on Saturday night. He was dictating the play from deep and from up in the forwards as well. What a player this guy is. Again, another underrated player, Matty Ruan. And even Aiden O'Shea, that's an interesting uh, thing with Aiden O'Shea coming off the bench. I've spoke to a few Mayo fans. They obviously want Aiden O'Shea off the team. But look at the last few games, Aiden O'Shea coming onto the pitch is actually a better player. Like he's better going onto the pitch. He wins ball around the middle. And if necessary, they could put him into the square if they're chasing, you know, a goal and Aiden O'Shea could catch the ball and hand pass it to Killeen O'Connor or finish it to the back of the net. So there is positives for Mayo because they have a bigger squad coming off the bench now. Like O'Shea Mullen back for the first time as well since he's Australia rumours. He played excellent the other night. Parik O'Hora has to come back into the team as well. Robbie Henley seems to be in the form of his life at the moment as a goalkeeper, one of the best in the country, in my opinion. So, fair play to Mayo. What a superb victory. And the, the Mayo fans were actually surprised at how easy the victory was. And that's a worrying sign for Dublin. But um, as for Mayo, superb victory. And 
It, arguably, they'll be probably the second best team in the country behind Kerry, just ahead of Tyrone at the moment. Don't write off Tyrone by any means, but Mayo look a serious prospect. And with Kenny O'Connor come back as well, like it could be Mayo's year. It definitely could be Mayo's year. I know I've been saying it for everybody's been saying it for years and years and years, and they never deliver. I just wonder, can they do it this year? Like, you know, I think they they'll probably win the league. Dame or Kerry. Will they win the All Ireland? Like they have the talent for us. Do they have the execution? I'm not. I'm not sure. But for mm. now, brilliant victory. Yeah, like if they if they had Conroy and Killian O'Connor, I think it would be you know maybe Killian O'Connor will come back at some stage. But I think if they had them two definitely fit and available, you'd be you you know you you'd make more of a case. I think you you, could, you definitely can't write them off anyway. They always just seem to be there. No matter what injuries they have, no matter what obstacles seem to come in their way, they always seem to to find the way. And AJ Walsh O'Donnell there was saying earlier, do you see Mayo beating Kerry and Tralee and getting to the to the league final? That game isn't until another couple of weeks, I don't think. But I mean that that would be a meltwatering game as well. Like the idea of Mayo playing Kerry at the minute, like it's two attacking teams, two sides that have been there thereabouts in recent years, two teams familiar with each other. There's a rivalry there. Like that game is a couple of weeks away, but it's probably one of the most anticipated games really at the minute because like Mayo and Kerry, just two very attacking teams. And, you know, with that game being in Tralee, I'd imagine it's probably going to be an RTE. Like that will be a, a cracking game when that comes around. Oh, it definitely will, yeah. And probably an All-Ireland decider for later on in the year. And yeah, Tralee, it, it, it's always a full house as well. So the atmosphere really adds to the game itself. And geez, it'll be some game interesting as well. Mayo, the last time they went down to the Tralee, they actually won the game. So, you know, it'll be an interesting prospect there. So, yeah, yeah, it's it, this has the feel of kind of an all the decider for the bookies in many ways. If Kerry win it by a canter, people would be saying Kerry one to one odds to win the all Ireland. If Mayo win it, geez, that'll be some statement of intent if Mayo beat Dublin. Kerry and possibly Tyrone in the same year as well, our man as well, if they if they win those games, of course. So it, it is a moat-watering tie in two weeks' time. And I'd be definitely looking forward to seeing that on RT. Of course, if it's on RT, surely it'd be on RT, given they're probably the best two teams in the country at the moment. And yeah, uh, Tralee will add to the atmosphere. The players on the pitch look superb in superb form at the moment. It It's uh, definitely... Um, Tends to be a cracker whenever Kerry and Mayo come up against each other. The rivalry has gone on for quite some time as well, since about 04 and 06. So it should be a very good game down at Tralee and very good atmosphere as well, which definitely adds to it. Yeah, and I suppose finishing up on on Mayo then as well. I mean, like obviously still a, a couple of games to go. And, st- you know, we were mentioning there about them beating Dublin, beating Kerry. I mean, all outside their home stadium as well, because obviously Mikhail Park is, is under construction at the minute. So, I mean, that probably shows just, you know, another obstacle that's put in their way and they, they seem to to keep overcoming it. But And even Ryan O'Donoghue, who I thought was fairly quiet um, in, in the game at Crow Park, at least scoring-wise anyway, and they were still able to, to win as, uh, as as comfortably as they are. Like, it is a hard one when you judge them because you do look maybe back at their finals record over the last five to ten years. But I think people are forgetting as well, like, this is a new team that really a lot of these players have only been playing two, three years, really since 2020. And you're seeing even with Ushin Mullen as well, who looks like a phenomenal athlete. So, like, with Mayo, they're probably they're going under the radar a little bit again. And a lot of those players aren't even in their prime yet as well. Like, so there's a lot, of, a lot to look forward to, really, for Mayo. 
Ulrich's absolutely, and uh, even Parker Hora is still young in that team. Um, yeah, there's some very good young players. Jack Carney coming into the team. Ryan O'Donoghue, as he says, wasn't at his best that day. But you have lads like Aidan Norm stepping up as well. Darren McHale to come back to the team from injury as well. Geez, it's a it's a very good prospect for me. Even Bill McDonough did well in the Sigerson Cup as well. So, my God, they have a very good team coming through. Matty Ruan played well the other night. Another brilliant player coming back from... Uh, an injury. So, yeah, Mayo have some very good players. It's Again, it's all about execution. We've said this about Mayo every year, really. Uh, they do have the have the talent. They have the manager. James Horn's an outstanding coach as well. Kieran McDonald in the background team as well. The question is, can they win this All-Ireland? And most of the people, except probably Dublin fans, would just hope that Mayo win the All-Ireland. Um like, like I'd hope Mayo win the All Ireland definitely, and I suppose every other neutral will hope they win the All Ireland. Their, you know, their nickname is God help Mayo. God help us for a reason, you know. Um, like, can they win the All Ireland? That's that's the big question. Um, I think this year is a big, big opportunity considering Dublin aren't at their best whatsoever. Like, they could even drop to Division Two. With I suppose we'll get out to Dublin next, but after, but um. Kerry, there's a question, will they get tested as big as Mayo Munster? The question, the answer, simple answer to that is no. Like, Mayo have to play Galway and Common. Maybe that will build up their strength going to the quarterfinals. That will stand to them as well, because Galway are a very tough team. So, yeah, it, by every reason, Mayo could win this All-Ireland without a doubt. Considering Dublin are at the wayside, throwing up a hard road. Kerry aren't really getting tested in Munster either. It's not helping them. So, if this is the year to do it for me, this is the year, without a doubt. If they don't win it this year, you have to question, will when will this Mayo team win it in the next 30, 40 years? Like, this is a huge opportunity for Mayo. And yes, there, it is a new team, but they've now, if they reach the All-Ireland final this year, it's their third All-Ireland final in a row. They have to win it now mm. this year. And yeah, this is a better time than any to do it. And I'll be back in Mayo, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose for most for most Dublin fans, I think they'd probably rather Mayo win it than than Kerry or or, or Tyrone or maybe like I'm I'm not sure. But look, ho- hopefully Dublin maybe can regroup and hopefully they'll still be uh, in with a chance. But yeah, speaking of Dublin, anyway, X one was saying there I've never seen a, a worse Dublin performance in that second half. Didn't play like the Dublin we are used to, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like where where do you think like I suppose it's gone wrong for Dublin? Like as a neutral watching in as a as a cork fan like i mean is it as bad as what people are making out is it you know are they in a crisis or is this early league because there does seem to be a lot of mixed opinion where a lot of people some people are saying it's only february like don't get don't get too worried all Ireland's aren't one in february all the rest and then there's another opinion of dublin are in crisis and they should get rid of desi now and all the rest like so where where do you stand on on, on that debate well, they certainly aren't in a bigger crisis than Cork at the moment. I'll, I'll tell you that. I don't know does that uh, brighten your mood. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's a strange one, actually. Like, they do have a few young players, but just not enough coming through, in my opinion. Ross McGarry actually looked very good the other night. Kicked two points, but I don't know why he went off in the end. Um, I suppose it's the look as well. When the look is not which uh, um, emphasised by that, Evan Comerford OG went off the post with the back of his head into the back of the nest. Like, when those sorts of things happen to, to you, you, you just have to accept things are just not going your way. And um, 
But it's the way Dublin are playing as well. Like they're hand passing the ball. Even I see the highlight reel at League Sunday. Brian Howard waving his hands, saying, "What else could I do?" Like that's a sign of a team kind of a disarray. But at the same time, I've mentioned this before. I'll say it again. The first three games were arguably against maybe the best three teams in the league in Armagh, Kerry, and Mayo. The next game against Killier will tell an awful lot about this team. Are they have they really dropped off as far as people think? Or is it a bit of an overreaction? That's the ideal game to Joe Dublin. Not really in the first three games because I think Mayo, Armagh, and Kerry are just ahead of you at the moment. It's just simple facts, really. Like even Armagh, the players they have all over the pitch, the athleticism. But yeah, it is a very strange one with Dublin. Is Kieran Archer going to come into the team? Is Padre Coffee Byrne going to stamp his authority onto the team? Like, Lorcan O'Dell looked decent against Armand. He's dr- drifted off completely. Ross McGarry performed well against Mayo and got taken off. Like, these players need consistency at the same time. Like, it's no good just performing in one game and then the next game you're you just don't touch the ball once. Like, you have to perform really consistently. Even Brian Fenton this year, he's unrecognisable this season. Like, he's a winning ball around the middle. Matthew Ryan was dominating him against Mayo. So, yeah, it's it's a strange, it's a really strange one with Dublin. The cohesion isn't there. Like, the the efforts... i seen kind of the effort in the first half. It was kind of there. But I think the fact that Mayo were just so far ahead, the heads just dropped. And you could just couldn't see Dublin game back into the game. Um, I suppose that's normal for any other team. It's not normal for Dublin. We don't see that in, in the past. Like against Kerry, for example, in the 2019 final, when Johnny Cooper got sent off, he could have easily said their heads would go down, but they fought at the end. Against um, I'm thinking though, against Tyrone, when they were 5-1 down, I think, in the first few minutes in 2018, the heads did drop. The heads are starting to drop now. That's a that's a real sign of um Side of a team that's really in decline, but I suppose it isn't as bad as people think. I think the proof will be the pudding against Kildare next Sunday. Lose that or draw that, then you could say we're in disarray. But for now, I just think Armand, Mayo and Kerry are just a step above you at the moment. I know that that won't be pleasant to hear, Aaron, but it's the truth at the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like, And I think it's the results. The results aren't as bad as maybe what they look I, I don't think the results is the is the thing what Dublin fans are maybe getting frustrated over or annoyed it's mainly the performances really like for example you've got Kildare on one hand side of of the breath who've you know they, they got a draw against Kerry fair enough but they're also winless in their first three games but the difference is Kildare have fought tooth and nail in all three of those games have given themselves a fighting chance have gone for goals they've changed it up you know late on in games they've made good substitutions whereas Dublin on the other hand side like when when, when they fall in behind there just hasn't been a game plan at all like it's been aimless shooting from ridiculous angles slow build up play no like urgency really to try and create any goal chances like I remember there was one stage in that Mayo game where Sean Ugler picked up the the ball over on the left hand side nearby the sideline went on a drive and run it was almost Jack McCaffrey-esque laid it off into, um, I think it was Lorcan O'Dell who came off the bench, forced the save, ended up getting a point. But that was our only goal opportunity I can remember. But I remember seeing that and it was like, my goodness me, like that's that's what we need to see more of. Like, you know, Dublin players taking their man on, whether it be the wingbacks or midfield, just taking your man on, running off the shoulder a bit more, trying a few more things because 
it does seem that it's just very laboured and one-dimensional. And you can see now that the likes of Mayo, Kerry, Armagh, the good teams have that figured out now because it, it is just very one-dimensional football. It is definitely. It's it's happening in so many teams around the country. You mentioned we've mentioned already Dublin, Donegal, Cork, or another team I've seen on Sunday. Like it's too predictable. Like there's no point in the hand passing the ball. Pat Spillane said a few years back, I think it was 2013. There's no skill in hand passing the ball. You have to kick the ball eventually and try and get some goal opportunities. It did, as you mentioned there, Dublin had one goal chance. You know, like. With Dublin, they'd usually have, a, I, I don't know, maybe five goal chances, six goal chances a game. For du- a Dublin team to have one goal chance is chart for disgrace for the the levels you set yourselves over the last few years. And um, it is a really strange one because you see it in the under-20s with Dublin. They perform similar way to the great Dublin teams of 19 and 20, etc. And the young players don't seem to have the, the urgency to do it either. They're too shy, you know, to kick the ball long. Too shy to make a mistake. But loads of players just make mistakes at the same time. Like, there's there's no point hand-passing the ball because you're going to get nowhere behind your own 65. To get further up the pitch, you have to kick the ball long. And Mayo were kind of playing a brilliant defensive structure in fairness to them. But what's the way to break it down? To kick it. Dublin didn't do that. I think they only did it, I don't know, two, three, four times a game. In 70 minutes, like, you you can't do that and expect to win a game. And I suppose things are going wrong. Yeah, I, I get that. But you have to make an effort to get it right at the same time as well. And even even the body damage from some of the players, Brian Howard exemplary on League Sunday as well, waving his arms about, it just isn't going right for Dublin. The players kind of have given up. But maybe the game against Kildare... We give the kick the Dublin need going into the future because they definitely need us. Like they didn't, they were too shy to do it against Kildare Armagh and Mayo. If they don't do it against Kildare, if they don't kick the ball, and I mean actually kick the ball a long distance, like there's no hope for Dublin this year, in all honesty. And um, it could be a rough couple of months for the Dubs and a bit strange considering the last um, few years um, he had real success. Yeah, and funny enough, actually playing in Newbridge, I think, might suit Dublin in terms of um, like that hand passing kind of style of play and, and not having too much variation. But you would expect there surely to be a bit more emphasis on attack and play now and a bit more movement up top, I think, from the from the full forward line. I think it's definitely needed. And maybe Conor Callaghan comes back in there or, or, you know, someone at this stage, you know, I think they're, they're definitely crying out for it. Vince says here... Uh, Great, hi guys. Great content. Mayo Cannon will win League Cups, but Sam, we just don't do it year in, 71 years out. Dub will be major players come the crooks again in August. Mayo Abu. Yeah, appreciate the comment, first of all. Massively uh, appreciated in terms of the, the great content or the mention of the great content. Um, yeah, look, I, I do think Dublin, you know, they, they have the potential there. Like they, ha- they do have the players. You know, it was only, you know, a couple of years ago they were winning all Orleans year in year out they weren't losing too many games in the league they were up there so there's inevitably going to be a drop off with the players that have opted out players that have retired and younger players coming in like there's no denying that Dublin are definitely in transition there's no doubt about that but in terms of the style of play in terms of the mentality I think that's the the big problem and big issue for myself anyways and for other Dublin fans is that for as good as um for as good as they were a couple of years ago 
they still have some of those players there. It's just the mindset doesn't quite seem to be there. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly the point. Like uh, I mentioned, Brian Howard waving his arms about, Evan Comerford just looking dejected, the forwards even looking really dejected up front. Brian Fenton doesn't seem his usual self either. The young players don't seem to be enjoying themselves. That's a that's a main thing with Dublin. If you don't enjoy what what you do in life, you're going to get nowhere. Dublin don't seem to be enjoying themselves at the moment, like they have over the last few years. And maybe Pat Spillane mentioned this on League Sunday as well. Maybe there's a seeding with these players. They've reached the top so many times over the last few years that there's no no further you can go with um, an amateur sport, especially. With professional sports, you can get brand deals, you can get sponsorships, you could you could go like for example, if you win the Champions League, you could go on win the Club World Cup, you can win, you know, multiple Champions Leagues, you can win a Premier League title, you could go for quadruple. With Dublin winning so many all earnings over the last few years, there is a ceiling. And um th- some of these players, most of these players, in fact, have just reached the ceiling. And th- that's the honest point. Maybe there was rumors, I don't know, is this true or not? Conor Callahan's going to go with the hurlers as well. And if he goes with the hurlers, he could have legendary status um, in regards to being a dual player in GA. Because if he goes to the hurlers, they could really win the All-Irelands as well, considering double strength and conditioning there as well. So, yeah, there's there's other things that players want to do as well. They don't seem to be enjoying their football. I'm a bit surprised that the younger players aren't enjoying their football as the likes of Howard or Fenton. But... Look, it's it's the way Dublin are at the moment, and uh, they have to be enjoying themselves. And right now, unfortunately, I don't think they're enjoying themselves too often. It could be a rough few months for Dublin, definitely. Yeah, it is a fair point, and you see this with a lot of professional athletes, really. Like even Tyson Fury is one of the big examples, really. He won all the belts, was champion of the world, and then was having multiple mental health struggles because you know he'd, he'd achieved it all. And and sometimes that can happen. You can reach the the summit or the mountain, you know, I obviously have no experience of that, but I'm sure other people have spoken about it before where you do reach that sort of tipping point and you're kind of looking up and you're thinking, geez, what else do I do? Like what, where else do I go from now? So it might, might, might be a case of that maybe with Dublin. And it's a, probably a case of trying to find ways to re-motivate themselves. And I think that comes down to management as well. And it comes down to a few other things as well. Legacy records, because there's always records there and, I know for Dublin fans speaking, I think one thing that was motivating Dublin fans that they were thinking of was obviously catching Kerry's All-Ireland record and and sort of stopping them and stopping them from coming up and and dominating the All-Ireland scene. But whether that's a mention in the dressing room, I'm not sure. Could it be a game-to-game approach like a lot of these things are? Uh, I wouldn't be too sure. But um, I suppose moving on anyway, I mean, Monaghan and Armagh obviously ended in a a draw. There was a, a comment coming in there that we'll get on the uh on the screen here from Gunbo who says Monaghan will be Kerry on Sunday. So I mean that's a that's definitely a big claim. Haven't seen Monaghan against our man this game. Would you be as confident as this uh commenter here that Monaghan might be able to turn over the kingdom this weekend? I have to say I love the optimism. So um yeah keeping positive that's the thing. But um Look, Carrier just boils a bit at Monaghan. Well, not boils at the moment. So I think Monaghan do have the players. Conor McManus at the moment now seems to be missing for the next game. So that's a huge loss. And the thing with Monaghan, they don't take their chances. Look, I, I haven't been taking stats at any Monaghan games, but most of their uh, shooting accuracy seems to be below 50% from what I'm hearing from analysts. 
So that's a very bad sign for a Monaghan fan. As for our man, look, look, they've um, they had the high over the last two games. They got the draw when they weren't playing particularly well. I think they'll be happy with that. And yet the penalty should have should have stood definitely, but I suppose they scored the goal straight afterwards, so it probably didn't really matter. But um, it was kind of a weird game in many ways. Like Monaghan played well in the first half, they probably should have been more ahead. Then McManus gets sent off. Then Armagh take control, and then Monaghan score later on. Like they didn't score for like thirty minutes, I believe. Like like that's like you can't do that in a game of Division One football in that standard. Like you know, it's unforgivable at times. But um, look, I think both sides will be happy with the draw again. I think both sides will be delighted to stay up in the division. Armagh will definitely stay up. They're on five points now. They should get another point or two to stay up. As for Monaghan, they still have another bit to go, but they have Dublin and Clonus, so that's a big game there. They'll target that last game of the league campaign to try and win that because Clonus is a tough place to go and the Monaghan folk will get behind their team there. But as for this game, I think both sides would be delighted with the draw, personally. Armagh, not as good good performance as the last two games, but they got something out of the game. Monaghan would probably be more disappointed, but at the same time, getting a point from the Athletic Grounds, you would have taken that before going... Um, across across the border. Yeah, like a, I think it's another game though that's probably drifted away from them or or, or or that they've left behind them though because I think this game was definitely there to be won. Like it was, they should have really had the game wrapped up going into the into the couple of you know the final couple of minutes and they were even they got lucky enough with the penalty. Obviously, you can clearly see from the replay clearly goes over the line and I don't really know how the umpires didn't um didn't notice that really like you'd, you'd question what they're there what why they're there if they can't make decisions like that but i mean yeah i mean it was a huge huge turnaround from Armagh, who probably could have nearly won the game in the end with some of the late chances that they had as well like and there was a comment coming in there from um hello my name is james he says how many wides did monaghan have in the first half 12 13 need to need to be putting them away it was definitely double figures in terms of wides in the first half anyway like and Connor McManus obviously goes off with, with with that red card so I'm not sure he might be suspended for the next game potentially so like for Monaghan again it's just like they clearly have the talent but they just seems to be they just seem to be architects of their own downfall I've seen I've seen this story too many times with Monaghan down the years Tyrone in the first game to a certain extent you're thinking back to Cavan a couple of times there in the in the Ulster Championship when they lost to Fermanagh. Like they seem, they clearly have the ability and talent to get over the line, but they just seem to almost defeat themselves rather than anyone actually beating them. I suppose another example of that was um, the Armagh game last year as well. I know they won the game in the end, but to allow Armagh come back into the game when they scored four goals in the first half the way they did. Like, that is a serious thing with Monaghan. Even Dublin a few years ago in Crow Park, they should have won that game as well. Like, it, it kind of happens, thinking about it, it happens way too much with Monaghan, and uh, it is definitely a problem they need to fix. They do have the players, without a doubt, like, in every position. The problem is, and maybe this is, um, this is a solution to the problem Monaghan have, it's the depth. That's no fault of Monaghan. I honestly think Monaghan are punching above their weight with the population they have. But coming off the bench, they don't seem to rotate their team. I've seen their team nearly every week now, and it seems to be the same every week. Like, what do you see with Armagh, and to a lesser extent with Kerry, with Mayo, with Dublin? I know Dublin are struggling with Dublin usually as well. They change their team quite a lot. There's players that could come in and do a job for the team. 
with Monaghan, I don't think the depth is there. The factor in Division 1 for so long now, since 2015, that's an unreal achievement. I just wonder, will the depth that they have over the last few years come back to bite them this this year? It, it kind of is a question that's kind of hard to answer. Maybe Kildare and Dublin are weaker than Monaghan this year. But um, yeah, I think the depth's a huge issue. Even Kildare, I think, have a slightly better depth than Monaghan. Donegal have better depth than Monaghan. Most, maybe even some Division 2 teams like Galway and Derry have maybe even better depth than Monaghan. So that's a problem Monaghan need to uh, rectify over the next few years. But then again, they are overachieving. They're punching above their weight for the size of their county. But that is a big trouble. And to stay up with Division 1, usually you need a big panel to come on when called upon and perform well. I just don't think Monaghan have that. And maybe that's a reason why they don't close out games particularly well. Yeah, like and they do have plenty of talent coming through the the under twenties at the minute. We've seen them in the in the um Ulster final last year and you've Aaron Mulligan in there and obviously Andrew Woods and a few different players who've been introduced in, in recent seasons. So as you said, like they are doing very, very well for the resources that they do have, and they are probably a perfect example for some of the lesser known counties to potentially get up to a a level of uh, over Monaghan. I suppose from an Armagh point of view, I mean, probably a bit of a drop-off in, in in their performance from their opening two games. But then again, like it's probably unlikely that Armagh are going to keep that consistency for the for the entirety of the league because they will have one eye on a very competitive Ulster further down the line. And I think if you were to ask most Armagh fans, surely their priority, like their priority is staying in the league, I think. I don't think their priority is really getting to a league final. I don't think that's of huge significance. But I think Ulster with the talent and players that they have and the progression that they've made in recent years, surely they'll be looking at Ulster, Donegal up first. I mean, surely they'll want to be thinking we need to get to an Ulster final, if not win it this year. Yeah, that's the main aim for um, And even if they beat Donegal, I think they have Cavan in the semi-finals. Cavan are proving this year, so that'll be a tough game in its own right. Um, Yeah, Ulster will be a main aim. And to stay up at Division 1, That'll be definitely a main aim as well. So, um, yeah, I think Armagh will be definitely happy with the point. They didn't perform to their full potential as they did so well against Dublin and against, um, I've got blank now, the second game, the throne, obviously. How could I forget the fight there? Um, But, um, yeah, look, Armagh, they'll be happy with that point against Monaghan. They didn't perform particularly well. They'll go on to the next game now. And as I said, you need about six points to stay up. Monaghan have, or sorry, Armagh have five at the moment. Get another one or two, maybe one more win, and they've survived. Job done, complete. So I think they'll be happy. I don't think they'll be too fussed if they don't get to a league final. But Ulster, considering they haven't won it since 2008, that's a big game for Geezer, definitely. And um, they have the players, definitely, to do it. And again, it's all about the execution for Monaghan to win this Ulster title. I think they definitely have the potential this year. But again, they can't get cocky after two performances. There was an element of kind of that against Monaghan. You can't do that in the next few games against the likes of Mayo, for example, who are coming on down the line, or Donegal, of course, the quarterfinal, and in, in the league, of course. So uh, Armagh need to brush up on that. But other than that, I think Armagh will be happy with their progression so far. Yeah, Shane Keeley says here, worst Cork team I've ever saw playing versus Derry. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on that then and your thoughts on um on Cork in general at the minute? Would you agree with that comment? 
Absolutely. <laughs> and what else can I say? You know, Jesus, like, um, where where can I start? You know, and fair play to Derry, first of all. Derry are a brilliant side. Shea McWiggins shooting the lights of Potter McGrogan, very good from centre back. And uh, yeah, the Derry folk were very welcoming as well. And they'll do very well this year under Roy Gallagher, but the other side of the story. We scored three points for play. We scored one point for play with the wind. Like if you if you don't use the wind to your advantage, you're never going to win games, especially against a side like Derry. And what I noticed about Cork and the difference between the two sides, Derry had a plan: get the ball, kick it long into Connor Glass or Shane McGuigan or Lachlan Murray, and they'll claim the ball, put it over the bar. With Cork, once we get to the sixty-five, we'll turn around, hand pass it, hand pass it again, hand pass it again, bounce. So it's just boring to watch. We aren't getting anywhere. We did this. I, I think the only time we actually kicked this with real purpose in the game was uh, the Kevin O'Donovan point towards the end. That was in the 71st minute of the match. You can't do that. It's clearly, you can't do that. And I don't know, half the players, it's kind of sad to see. I don't know, half the players just didn't look interested. I thought, anyway. Like, there is an argument, Dublin in the first half. I know some of the players didn't look interested in the second half against Mayo. But in the first half, there was kind of an interest there. With Cork, it was throughout the entire game. The players just didn't look like they wanted to be there. They wanted to go back at the bus home to Cork. And it was it was just poor to watch. And I know Billy Hennessy played well for the Bars, but he's not a centre-back. He's a wing-back. See the size of him. Like, you know, I don't care what anybody says. We need Daniel Omani and we need Sam Ryan in the full-back line. And to not pick them is criminal, in my opinion. They're... Sam Ryan was the best club defender in the club championship, maybe other than the Kilcrew players, and he's not picked in this team. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about our problems. Daniel O'Mahony, who was exceptional last year when he played, isn't playing fullback. Like, you know, it, it's it's a strange one to know, but it's a, it is very strange because I was talking to one of the players' parents, and um, they were saying the players actually like Rickon. They like what he's doing. It doesn't look that way on the pitch. They, they, they just don't look interested. There's no, you know, go about them. There's no kicking the ball um, in, um, you know, in, in an attacking manner. I think other than, I think Dan Deneen performed pretty well in Derry. Stephen Sherlock performed pretty well. But other than that, it, it, it was just, um, you know, hard to watch and, even Blake Murphy coming up, like Blake Murphy came on what the sixty third minute of the game or something like that. That's way too late for a player of his talent. Like, why aren't we starting him at least playing half the game? Like, we're five three down at half time. We needed to bring Blake Murphy on at that point. Like, and the structures are kind of all wrong, Cork as well. Like, we've seen so many injuries in the past or the past few once uh, weeks. Sean Potter getting injured again. Um, Sean Meehan getting injured over the last few weeks, Kevin O'Hanlon, Aiden Brown. I know he was hearing from some players within the Cork system in minors under 20s. They have a different strength and conditioning coach for every grade, one in every grade, rather than just one strength and conditioning coach. Each of those strength and conditioning coaches are just going to tell the players different things. That's just going to cause more injuries in our team. Cork are the most injury-affected team in the whole country. There's the reason why. Like, you know, I I just thought last year with Keith Rickon coming in, this is a chance to build now. I know there's young players, but 
again, I'll go back to the... If the players don't look interested, what's the point? You know, it's... Like, even the players' heads started to drop, the bars' heads started to drop. And even... Another point with the bars and um, and Cork, the difference between the sides. Ian McGuire is one of the tallest players in that Cork team. In the bars team, Ian McGuire is about fifth, fourth or fifth in that team. That just shows you, you know... The strength and conditioning isn't there. The height isn't there. Our players are, you know, kind of not up to inter-county standard either. That That's just a worry, in my opinion. And it's it's only going to get worse if we don't solve the problem quick and fast. We're playing Galway now on, on Saturday. We're going to get a pace thing, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Galway beat us by 20 points. You know? <laughs> 20 God, points, you yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's a bit of... Um, Two sides of the story there. Galway are too good for Division 2. We belong in Division 3. And even I've been chatting to some Cork fans, they're saying we'd probably be better than Talton Cup. I don't think we'll even win that. But think Cavan are better than us. Westmead are better than us at the moment. Limerick, if they get in, I think they'd be better than us. They'll hold their own against us. You know, and maybe if we do win it, if we get... It's a way of getting to Crow Park. But at the same time, we're relying on getting relegated for Division 2 to get to Crow Park. A few seasons ago, we were relying to play well against Kerry to get to Crow Park. How the mighty have fallen, Aaron, and, you know, it's only going to get worse if we don't solve the problem quick and fast. And Derry, as I said, performed excellent. Cork, drab, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose, is there an element of Cork maybe and, and Keith Rickon's management style maybe trying to conserve themselves a little bit for further down the line for championship maybe i know that sounds kind of crazy because i mean even if they're at their absolute peak i mean they'd probably it would still be a mighty task to, to beat a team like Kerry. but are they trying to because i think we've seen this with cork before when they that year they, they got relegated to division three and they ended up getting to the super eights in the same year like they they actually got a lot better as the year went on so do you think maybe there's an element of that or is that kind of just maybe i suppose looking for some positivity there it kind of is, to be honest. Like um, Keith Rickon said before the year even started, the league would be so, so important for this team. Consider, like, if we get relegated to Division 3, we're basically in the Talented Cup, we're right in our own debt warrant because we're not beating Kerry and Munster, clearly. Like, I know it's in Parky Rain because of the Ed Sheeran concert. That might give us a, a big advantage because the pitch was tight and it might make Kerry uncomfortable. But Kerry are still going to beat us. You know, it's not going to change anything. And... Look, um, even in the Talented Cup, if we perform that way in the Talented Cup, if we get into it, of course, I think the likes of Westmead would beat us, Cavan would beat us. I, I don't want to go too far and say London would beat us, no, but like London are performing very well. And I wouldn't be surprised if actually Liam Gavigan performs, you know, like prime Colin Cooper and scores 10 points against us at the moment. Like it's... You know, it's it's a rough time to be a car fan at the moment. And um, it's quite sad, really. Like, coming out of Crow Park, uh, my parents were coming out and uh, celebrating the victory and all that. And my dad was saying to my mom and my grand at that time, um, this will be another 20 years, drink this in. And we were saying, geez, 20 years? 20 mm. years? That was 2010. We're eight years away from 2030 now. It's a reality now. We, we mm. won't, and maybe we won't even win an Ireland by then. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's rough. It's it's really rough to be a car fan. And even though I was looking at the football pod and James O'Donnell, who was ranked just third, which is fair. I declare have improved, but we've regressed 
badly out. I think Limbrick could be catching our coattails as well in Munster. To be fourth in Munster, that's, you know, if you said that a few years ago, you'd be you'd be putting an asylum, definitely. But, hmm. you know, it's, it's it's just rough to be a car fan at the moment. But, um, look, I suppose the only way is up. But um, with, this, with these performances, it doesn't look that way, unfortunately. Yeah, and Finn says they're uh, Derry are going to be big this year. And do you know, like, is that maybe the point though? Maybe a little bit. Like, they have faced some good teams, like in the in the, in the and I haven't seen Cork obviously nowhere near as, as much as you. I know this game was on TG Cahar, and I, I I got to see some of it. But like, I mean, they have faced some tough opposition in the in the opening three games in this division, like Derry, Roscommon, Clare, three teams probably, and and Galway upcoming as well. Like, it's been a bit of a a nightmare fixture list. So, like. Have they faced really good opposition, maybe? And do you think maybe that's probably why they've looked as, as bad as what they are? Or is it a case of maybe a bit like Dublin, where the fight just clearly isn't there? It's more like Dublin, to be honest. I think the fight isn't there. And the difference is Dublin have quality. With our young players that aren't up to senior Richard County at the moment, I don't think we have much quality at, at this present moment of time. Um, yeah, I suppose it is the fixture, but at the same time, Ross Common were missing half their team because of injuries and Padre Pierce's lads missing. Clare had two injuries in the first 10 minutes, so they, they were there for the take as well. They didn't perform to their high standard. And weirdly enough, I know Derry have really shot the lights out over the last few years and they performed well. I don't think that was Derry's best performance on Sunday either, by any matter of means. They could have even pasted us um, really bad if they wanted to. You know, um, it's it's only going to get worse against Galway next week. But I suppose the last three games, it is a positive there. We have me, the way, who are in a bit of crisis mode, a bit like us at the moment. So that'll be an interesting game in its own right. Don't even coming down to Parky Keeve, they might have to kill cool lads coming back into the team. Seeing their performance against Mer- um, against Mead on Sunday, there'd be a bit of positivity in down. So that might be, you know, a, a tough result to get as well, even in Parky Keeve. Um, and against Offaly, I think we should be able to beat Offaly. Uh, to be honest, I think Offaly are kind of out of their depth in Division 2, has been shown so far in the league. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a bit of both at the same time. Yes, we played Derry, Clare, Roscommon. Yes, weakened, but very good sides at the same time. But the the performances is the main thing. Like, um, I was listening to, I was talking to some fan as well, and Going up to Derry, we wanted a perform a, a win and a performance. We got neither up in Derry, and that's the most disappointing aspect to this whole weekend. It, it was uh, great to travel up to Derry and love to do so again, but Cork just didn't do well at all, and um, it'll be a long, long way back over the next few years. And Keith has a huge job in hands in his hands over the next few years. Definitely, will he last even? Will he last the two years, but will he last even longer than that? If things get worse than they are now, I don't think he will. I, I hope I'm wrong, but because I think he's an excellent coach, but it's just the talent isn't there. The the drive isn't really there either. And the, the confidence isn't there. Uh, Keith was actually mentioning in his post-match interview afterwards, when he gets so many beatings in the past, the likes of Throne in 2018, the likes of Kerry in 2021 and Kerry in 2018, that'll take a toll of the players. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's rough at the moment. I thought uh, things were coming back to normal for Cork football in 2019 
when we started to actually play positive football in the Super 8s and towards the end of the league, we haven't kicked on since then. Uh, we just haven't. And we're just back to square one, really. Back to like 2016, you know, back maybe to Division 3. And uh, sometimes it might help us. But I suppose we've been in that situation before and we haven't got out of it pretty. So, you know, it, it's going to take a while until we're back at the top table. It's sad to see, but... It's reality as a car fan at the moment. Yeah, it is mad, all right. Because I, I do, I think I've mentioned to you before, and I've said on this podcast before when Dublin played Cork and in that Super Eights game a couple of years ago, and I remember Cork gave a really good display against the Dubs, like up until the final. Dublin pulled away in the final five to ten minutes, but I thought coming out at coming out of Crow Park that day, I remember thinking Cork are in a good place, like they've got good players there, they're building right, and it is kind of incredible, really, how quickly and how sharply they've declined um over the next couple of years i suppose before finishing up on this game just a word on Derry. i mean would you be expecting them to to get promoted up to division one i mean as you were saying there they haven't looked at their best in their opening three games but that probably shows maybe how good that they are that they can win without playing you know at their best it does differently and even rory Gallagher was mentioning his post-match interview afterwards there's a lot to improve on there was a lot to improve on against Down. Awfully, I didn't see the game. I only saw the Down game and the Cork game. But by then, games didn't perform to their best. I know they're capable of um, last year. They performed excellent against Offaly in the league final and Division 3 against the likes of Cavan and performed excellent, of course, against Donegal in the Ulster Championship. They haven't performed peak levels yet. The next game now is against Clare and Cusack Park. That's a huge game for both sides in um, you know the race for promotion. Like, Clare have got uh, four points over the last few games, two two draws and a win. That's not particularly bad either. Like if Derry can win that, that's a statement of intent and their meaning business. I know some people are saying Derry for all Ireland's, but look at their performance, even not performing particularly well. I think that's a realistic aim, to be honest. Like um, Lachlan Borry looks very good up front. Shane McGuigan scored eight points. Podrick McGrogan, very good from centre-back. Connor Glass and Emmett Bradley dominated the court midfield dominated, the down midfield and dominated the Offaly midfield. So they're probably the best midfield partnership in the country at the moment. Noel Lachlan didn't perform at his best on Sunday, but in the Sigurdsson Cup for ULJ, he looked very impressive indeed. And Keir McFall, let's not forget, was actually out of the team against Cork. Maybe pick up a knock. If it is, maybe that's a big loss because he played so well for Watty Graham's Glen. And um, if he does come back next week, maybe there's a positive there that he's going to be added to the fray Oshie McWilliams, actually, the guy that came in instead of him, performed excellent as well. So, um, I was speaking to a few Derry fans up in Owen Big, and they seemed, you know, down to earth, you know, um, they're going well at the moment, but there's still more to improve on. And they're being realistic in a way. I think, by the looks of the first few games, I think it'll be a fight in the end between the four sides up to the top. It's Usually, it's I'd say it's split between the two sides. Roscommon, Derry, Galway, Clare, Two of those will go up. I think Derry, if they perform even better than they did against the likes of Cork and Dow, which I think they're capable of, I think the sky's the limit, really, and they could even go up to Division 1. I think the only side, really, that um, could beat them, me on, on their day, quite comprehensively at the moment, is Galway in Division 2. That tells you all you need to know. They're so far ahead of most teams in this Division 2 league. So, um. Yeah, good luck to Derry. They've nice fans. They've some very good players, very good manager, and wish them all the best. They've some very good good players, obviously. And 
I think we'll see them in Division 1, not, if not next season, the season after, or even the season after that. They look a very good team, and they could be a Trenton Ulster this year. Like They could even be Tyrone. I know that's a big statement there, but Tyrone might be tired after a league campaign. Derry might be on the might have something to prove against the likes of Tyrone. Monaghan in the semi-final. Like, Derry could really go on a run uh, to Crow Park this year. I think they will play in Crow Park, whether it be a Division 2 final or even a quarter-final or semi-final. Who knows? Yeah, we have a comment coming in there. Matt is absolutely mint on all things GEA. Great analysis, lad. So, there you go. Nice uh, no, no, nice bit of compliment there for you. Maybe that'll cheer you up after all the... Uh, the the down and talk of uh, of Cork, but Ross Common and Clare. I mean, we'll we'll move on to this game. I mean, this ended in a draw as well, nine points apiece. Um, a good good point for Clare. I mean, they're proving that they can compete in this division, and you certainly wouldn't rule them out being in being up there in a in a promotion race. It would be very tough for them with the likes of Derry, Ross Common, and Galway up there. But I mean, they keep surprising people. Like they're unbeaten so far. A lot of people maybe thought they'd be down near the relegation battle, and they're proving that they're going to be they're going to be up in contention for promotion. Oh, they definitely are! Like it is the third season in succession. No, Colin Collins has got them in the promotion charge. Like that is some achievement with this clear team. And even I was mentioning on a car preview at the start of the year, or an Alliance League preview, that when's the bubble going to burst with Clare? Like even the young players coming through. Emmett McMahon looks very good in the Sigurdsson Cup. Uh, Daniel Walsh, Darren O'Neill, they still have players to replace the likes of Gary Brennan and Gordon Kelly and even David Tuberty, who, by the way, scored a phenomenal point to level it against Ross Common. I've seen it mm. on TG Carr highlights. He still has this. He can go on to, what, 50 years of age? The guy is some player. Um, yeah, it's a good point for Clare. A decent point for Ross Common, too. Like, Clare are decent side. Ross Common will take that. And the weather was a big element in this game. Like I was even looking at the pitch. Um, I have a friend who's a Clare fan. Even look at the pitch before the game. It looked an absolute mess. And to be honest, the game, the, um, the fact the game went ahead was an absolute miracle. <laughs> In my opinion, even look at the pitch, it looked awful. And to play on that and both sides score nine points to get a draw of the game, you know, could be a crucial point towards the end of the year. I think Ross Common will be disappointed, but at the same time, Clare deserved the points getting the last three points to grind out that draw. And if Derry know next week, as I've said, in Cusack Park, that would be a huge indicator to see where Clare actually are. I think they'll definitely pull up a huge test against Derry. I know Derry have been um, saying they'll go to Crow Park and all that, but Clare will definitely put it up to Derry. And I wouldn't be surprised if Clare actually win that game. Not that Derry are bad or anything, it's just how good Clare are at the moment. And for us, Common as well, the Padre Pierce lads coming back into it, they have some very good players like Connor Cox in the Smith, Donny Smith still there, um, Alton Harney. So, look, it's a positive for both sides. They're in the promotion chase now, definitely. And, um, yeah, best of luck to both sides. And I think Clare will definitely put it up to Derry next week. They're, they definitely belong in Division 2. It's no fluke. They've been in Division 2, I think, since 2015, 2016 or something like that. That's some achievement for a county like Clare. They've been in Division 2 the longest. And fair play to them. I think they'll give Derry a real test next Sunday. Yeah, 99 Aguero was saying there, Claire deserves promotion last year. And they definitely, you know, they were very, very close. They gave a really, really good display against Mayo. Like, and I know they obviously got turned over quite easily against Kerry. But yeah, in the league, like they they just have this thing where they, they, they're consistently in all of the games that they play and they're always in with a fighting chance. They're showing that fight. 
uh, whether it's David Tuberty or Owen Cleary. And yeah, a, a very good point for them. And they'll definitely be in uh, in contention in the weeks to come. Mead and Down, I mean, this was a game probably pitched as a, maybe a bit of a, a relegation fight, a relegation battle. Not the best game from what I've heard, obviously, in, in, in very tough conditions. I think I've seen a, a video as well. I think it was at this game where it was one of the Mead or Down players down by the sideline looking to float a ball in and the wind just completely blew it the complete opposite way. So it was very, very tough conditions. But um a draw in the end, I mean, I don't really know. I think both like I, I don't think I think both teams will be disappointed here, like in, in many ways. I think this was an opportunity to get points on the board. What were your thoughts on this one? Look, um Don would have been delighted to come down to Park Tanton and get a point before the game, but after the game to score nothing in the second half, but Granted, the conditions were absolutely awful by the, by the looks of us. And um, I see that video as well. I think it was Jordan Morris. It might have been the player kicking the ball and he just went into the stand. Like, you know, that's you'd never see that. I think the last time I saw that was Dean Rock a few years ago against Tyrone, where he was taken, I think, 45 or free, and it just blew the other side of the, of the goal completely. But I think. Honestly, yes, there's a bit of regret from both sides. They needed to get points on the board, but at the same time, the conditions were tough. Um, they they got no points before the game. I think both sides will be happy enough, but at the same time, this was an opportunity, especially for Mead at home, to get two points on the board against the side. Most people tip to go down to Division 3, but look at down, actually. They're actually four from bottom in this division. At this stage of the league campaign, you wouldn't have seen that. You would have expected them to capitulate like in previous years. But in fairness, there's some very good young players coming through. And forwards up front, Barry O'Hagan, Andrew Gilmore looks good, Sigurdsson Cup, and for Down as well. And uh, their fullback, Finn McElroy, looks one to watch this season as well. So, and Kilkool has to come back. So, there is positives for Down looking at the next few weeks. And for me, I suppose, after a few poor results against the likes of Galway and Roscommon, very bad performances. They'd be just happy to get over there with a point. Both sides would be happy to get a point, in my opinion. It'd be a big fight for survival. I think awfully are the team that will obviously go down. I think I've said this before, they'll be out of depth. I think the other three teams, I know Cork are bad at the moment, but we're still in a fight with Mead and Down. That'll be a big fight to avoid relegation. It'll be interesting as well. I heard this first at League Sunday that sixth place actually could also get you in the Talton Cup. I didn't actually even know that before League Sunday the other night. So, look at that. That Division 2 relegation battle should be very interesting, not just who goes down, but who will finish, you know, second in that mini-group. Yeah, it is an interesting one, all right. Like, and um, it will be interesting to see, I suppose, what way it's it's going to work there. And you are kind of seeing a bottom four very much emerge. Like, there's a lot of teams down there that actually haven't won a game um, but yet they're still like very much in contention of survival. It doesn't seem to be as competitive maybe as um, as Division One in terms of results. Like may- maybe one win, maybe two wins might be enough to avoid uh, relegation in in, uh, in Division Two. Moving on to Division Three, big win for Loud away at um, Limerick. Obviously winless in their opening two games. Loud Limerick were coming in on the back of back to back wins. They were flying, and I suppose a Sam Roy in sport performance once again for. I suppose the Wee County, huge win, two-point win, and a first win of 2022 for Mickey Hart's men. Brilliant win for Load and uh, extremely high-scoring game because I've even looked at footage in that game as well, and, geez, that was horrific conditions. Even Josh Ryan for Limerick taking a free. I think it was Tony McCarthy had to put the ball down from almost like in rugby 
when there's wind around the stadium and even the game was actually moved to UL rather than the Gaelic ground. So that tells you how um, battered Limerick was, but um, the county that is not necessarily the football team. But um, yeah, loud, good result for them to go on the road all the way down to UL and get them two points. That's the most important thing for Mickey Hart and Sam Roy. I'll say it again. I know he's on, he was on your podcast as well. He, if he was in any other uh, county team, maybe most other county teams in the country, he'd walk into that team. He's just some player. I've even seen him in Parky Keeve down against Cork during lockdown a few years back. Superb player. He scored, I think, 75% or 80% of low scores or something. The guy is absolutely superb. And just to get the recognition that he deserves, actually, for Limerick, a two-point loss isn't the end of the world either. Like, uh, scoring differs will obviously come into play as well. But for Lowe's, very good win. Very good win for them. Very good win for Mickey Hartz. And Sabal Roy, most underrated player in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal footballer. He really, really is. Like, I mean, just keeps on improving. Um, you know, has the standards there. I've listened to him on, on another podcast as well, the Sideline Live podcast, and very openly speaking about, you know, his time with Loud so far and what he wants to achieve. And just, the, yeah, brilliant person and, and fair play to him. Like a huge, um, you know, brilliant for him to get on the, the GEA team of the week as well. And, you know, plenty of other talent as well in Loud and Kieran Keenan and a few other lads in, in that team, you know, Sam Byrne as well, who've obviously come through there, or Connor Byrne, I should say. So, you know, they're, they're looking pretty good and, you know, um, it's obviously going to be very, very competitive down in Division 3. It's very hard to sort of see who's going to be promoted and relegated and we'll see in the next um, couple of weeks with some more games to play. But another team that's done very well, a, a team that I personally thought was going to go down in Antrim, that's two wins from three now for Enda McGinley's men. Huge win over uh, a very spirited Wicklow team. But uh, Antrim marching on and, and firmly have their foot in uh, a promotion race. Yeah, excellent win for Antrim, our race. And uh, Wicklow don't seem to be getting uh, as much beatings as everybody predicted. So, fair play to them for that. Still uh, in the fight in Division 3. But for Antrim, they could have easily laid on after that result against uh, Limerick last week. Or the two weeks ago, should I say. Um, yeah, it was a very good victory for Antrim. Again, uh, Kevin Small, very good. Mark Jordan, very good for Antrim. So... Good win for them. They'll definitely be up there for promotion. I think it'll probably be between the likes of Antrim, Loud, Westmead and Limerick to go up to Division 2 and to avoid the Talton Cup. This should be very good for their, their, their development as well. So, very good victory for Antrim. But at the same time, not the end of the world for Wicklow either. They still have a fighting chance of staying in the division and they would have taken that considering like Davy Burke left them last year or Davy Burke, I should say, left them last year. Colin Kelly coming into the, the team people questioned whether they'll improve. They have done relatively well losing games, but at the same time performing well, rel- relatively well. But for Antrim, very good win, and they're definitely in the promotion race. And uh, I'd probably tip them to go up. They look a very good side. Maybe the Limerick game was a bit of a blip. Maybe Limerick scoring the goals was the difference two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, a, a big win. And like what you said with Wicklow, like obviously losing Shawnee Furlong at the start of the year, who's probably one of their sharpshooters really and you've kevin quinn in there with a goal mark kenny with three points andy mark contributing so yeah for wicklow they just seem to be variation in their play in terms of um of score and anyway they don't seem to be relying on one or two players so definitely um some positives i suppose to take into the into the next couple of games and arguably they face some tough teams already in there as well in westmead and, and antrim who could be the two teams to get promoted so wicklow will definitely take uh 
a lot of uh, confidence. The other two games in Division 3 were, were called off um, due to the weather. So, obviously, that, that's the reason for not mentioning them. There were just two games in Division 4. And the first one, I mean, London just keep on going, keep on marching on. I mean, it's incredible, really. It's three three wins from three now. I mean, the fairy tale continues. And again, they were behind the half time by four points. Come back from the dead again. Three wins from three. And, and promotion really now is starting to look very, very likely, I think, for, for the exiles. Oh, it is, yeah. Very, very good victory for London. I actually didn't expect London to beat League Trum. I thought League Trum would actually be up for promotion. But mm. yeah, it, it just shows what a good team London are. And we need to take them more seriously as well. Liam Gavigan, very good. I, I'm sure Killian Butler was out for this game as well, one of London's standout players. That just shows you the, ver- the variety they have in the squad. So they're definitely a good team, a team that um, they're not just a team to be happy for anymore. They're a team to be taken seriously, maybe even in the kind of championship we'll have to see. But to Michael Marr, a huge uh, credit to him. Two years without a game and to win three games on the boats in Division 4 against... Leach from Watford and Carlo, some decent sides there. Like Watford and Carlo played well in the league last year. Let's not forget, like some very good performance for London. Fair play to them. Even Michael Marr was saying in post match interview on RTE that his sides have more to give. Jeez, that that sounds very promising to be a London fan. They're delighted for them. It's great to see GA develop and it's great for Liam Gavigan especially, like a London-born player to play for London and excel so. So well for them. It's a, an absolute brilliant story. And uh, for Leitrim again, like um, they lost to Cavan and they lost by two points in this game. Not really the end of the world, but at the same time, you need to win these games to get promotion. Maybe Andy Moore needs a year to develop this team more. They definitely have the players. It's just about, again, the execution. I keep going back to that. And before we leave this game, fair play to Cavan's Mackie Farley, uh, the first uh, female referee. To referee an Allianz League game, it's great for the GA, great for the sport in general, and uh, hopefully there'll be more initiatives like this. And she seemed to have a very good performance as well, from what I was hearing. So, um, well done to Maggie for that game. Well done to London for their league campaign to date. Absolutely, yeah, no, brilliant to brilliant to see that as well. Like, and probably something that maybe should have happened a lot sooner, and maybe in, in my opinion, but I think it is great, obviously, to see um, the GA finally doing uh, more things like that and. Yeah, like we we were saying there with London, like just three three scores other than their their goalkeeper, just four scores in total, just from looking at the the score bo app there. So, I mean, crazy stuff really from um from a London point of view. Ninety nine Aguero was saying there when is the results prediction podcast that be out on uh, on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. I'll be chatting about London and yeah, all all the games happening uh, this weekend. There's definitely a lot of games, and uh, he was also saying it's Dublin in the Talchian Cup. I don't know if that's if that's a wind up or or if it's a genuine question, if it's a genuine question, I will answer and say uh, relegation to Division One won't won't land us. Uh, relegation from Division One won't land us in the in the Talchian Cup. But Jesus, the way things are going, I mean, you just you just wouldn't know it at this point. But I suppose last but not least, Carlo they get a first win of uh, of 2022. Big response, obviously. They were heavily criticised after their 23 point annihilation to to Sligo. 212 to 2 I suppose much better from uh, Noel Cruz, man. Yeah, very good win for Carlo. I actually thought uh, Watford would go on and win this game. But uh, again, fair play to Carlo for winning this game. Again, like um, Carlo seems to be losing games, but 
one player seems to be standing up for him. Over the, I didn't see the scores in particular against uh, Watford, but over the last two games, Cullum Holton has hit the lights over Carlo. He scored um, most of their scores. He scored all their scores against Sligo, for example. He scored, I think it was 1-5 against London, most of those coming from play. So fair play to him. He's having a good year. He's keeping Carlo you know, steady in Division 4. And fair play to them. Look, uh, Watford's it's trans- transitional period for them. Ethan Fitzgerald, obviously the former Cork Ladies football manager, coming in to replace him. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to take for Watford, but uh, they got the point to get to Tipperary. That's a very good result for them in the first three games. And I suppose you have to be realistic about Watford. They're mostly into the likes of uh, ladies football, hurling, camogie, soccer with Watford FC. They're not really a gated football county, so fair play to them for concentrating the hurling. They might win the All-Ireland there, but Again, fair play to Carlo for coming back from a beat to beat against Sligo. And um, yeah, fair play to Carlo. And uh, yeah, long may continue for Carlo for Colop Holton, very good player. And just before we finish up as well, I wanted to congratulate NUIG for winning the Sigerson Cup last week. Brilliant victory for them. I know I'm in New well at the moment. It was a tough one to take. But without Tommy Conroy, without, I think, Sean Mulcorn as well. Brilliant victory for them and some very good young players like Matthew Thierry and Tom O'Callaghan coming up through the ranks, Colleen and as well. So fair play to all of NUIG and fair play to UL, obviously, when the Fitzgibbon on Saturday is a very interesting game and Mikey Coyley does it again. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I didn't see the Fitzgibbon Cup game now, but I did see the um, the, the Sigerson Cup final and definitely, I suppose, keeping Clifford um, at bay, even in those tough conditions as well, I think was definitely very impressive. And uh, Carl Hennehan, I think it is, who came off the bench. He looks like a, a very, very uh, good talent, no doubt about it. 99 Aguero says Michael Marr was only announced London manager after the league games in 2019. So he's done incredibly well for his first league campaign. Yeah, his first full league campaign, I suppose you could say, and absolutely brilliant stuff from... Um, from the, the London-based man. I've listened to him on a few other podcasts as well. So massive, massive uh, congratulations to him. And I'm sure I'll probably get him on, on this podcast maybe at some point as well. Um, but yeah, three wins from three. And the thing is as well, like they've they've opened up a four-point gap now with um, with, with Leitrim. We'll see what happens with Cavan and Sligo. But they're really, they're, there is a bit of a gap opening up there. So I really do think promotion is, um, is very, very likely at this stage. I suppose before we finish up, who would you say was your your player your player of the week moment of the week? What 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 you reckon? It's a tough one because of the the conditions are definitely moments of the week. Like um, the fact that say uh, clear what Ross Common got played, the the fact that we travelled up to Derry that that's definitely moment of the week. Um, <laughs> uh, I suppose the moment of the week is a tough one. Maybe Jordan O'Connor's performance on Saturday night I thought was absolutely brilliant and. He should have got bad in the match. I know Robbie Hindley performed very well, but look, uh, brilliant performance from Dermot and uh, definitely another underrated player and even kicking the ball straight into, I think it was him that started the attack and and passed it off to Aiden Norm for the goal as well. So very good uh, moment for them. And Mayo's general performance, very good on Saturday night. And uh, maybe for some people in the country, not for yourself, Aaron, but uh, the dubs falling to their third defeat in a row. Yeah, I suppose I'd imagine it is plenty of enjoyment anyway for everyone uh, around the the country. Like because I mean, when you see a team winning for so long and then all of a sudden they're absolutely terrible, there definitely is some enjoyment. The only comparison I can probably make to it is seeing Man United fall, having been so dominant for so long. Like I definitely get a lot of pleasure off watching them fail. So I think um, I think I can understand that really from. 
from from uh, from from other people's point of view. Yeah, I think Michael Plunkett was brilliant as well for Mayo. I was very impressed with with his performance, like kicking two points. I think he's a player that's come under a little bit of criticism at times, not just from you know pundits or whatever, but from Mayo fans as well. So I think for him to show up and, and deliver, I thought he was um, very very impressive. And Killian Spillane for Kerry, very good as well. And um, Sean, Sean O'Shea, I suppose he, you can't dismiss his performance, like hitting seven points. He was absolutely incredible stuff. But um, yeah, I suppose before we finish up, then where can people find your your own podcast? And obviously, you do a lot of stats on on games and and all the rest. So where can people find them? Uh, G underscore Satspan on Instagram and Twitter as well on uh, Facebook. I'm now on YouTube to uh, do previews for the podcast. Hopefully. You know, weekly previews, Allianz League games uh, coming up. Start Spotify, Apple, every um, uh, podcast app. So um, they're on that. Literally, just ga underscore stats on Instagram, and you, you'll find most of the links there. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's linked down below anyway. So if anyone could check that out, that'd be absolutely brilliant. And yeah, for anyone that has listened on on Spotify to this podcast, if you could give it a, a rate, and that'd be much appreciated. And uh, if you are new to the channel. If you could subscribe in the bottom right corner, it helps the, the channel grow. And leave a like as well. Leave a comment down below. Let us know your thoughts on uh, all the weekend's action. So, yeah, cheers, Matthew, for coming on. Appreciate it. No bother, Aaron. Thanks for having me.